Hi, everyone. This is your CyberPath, the podcast that helps you get your first cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, and I'm an experienced hiring manager of cybersecurity professionals. If you want to give me feedback on the show, or if you want me to answer your question on a future episode, please visit the show page at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. When you get there, just click on the message button and start talking. On today's episode, I'll finish telling you my story about how I got into cybersecurity and why I stayed despite the stress and the constant threat of burnout. Okay, here's a brief recap from the last episode. So uh, I liked computers from the first time I saw one, although I didn't get to touch it. Um, Listen to the last episode to find out why. And um, at the same time, I felt drawn to work uh, that had to do with uh, protecting people and things. So those two aspects of, of, of who I am kind of came together. And, and all of that led me to being in the Air Force and kind of backing into cybersecurity. And, and the job that I had uh, right before I left the Air Force was the director of wide area network security for the F-22 stealth fighter program. And that was at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Now, after I left the Air Force, I went to work at the Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park, California. Uh, I was a a cybersecurity consultant, and I got to tell you, that was one of the best jobs I've ever had. I really loved working there. I worked with such talented and authentic people, and the projects that we got to work on were the best that I could have ever imagined uh, them being, and I have tons of stories and you know hopefully I get to share them with you at some point but um, but all you know all good things must come to an end and and so um, after I wrapped up at, at SRI I worked for a company that operated a global content distribution network and at the time it was used by companies like Microsoft to push out their software updates all over the world and if you think about how many people are using Windows you you realize that that's a tremendous amount of bits that you've got to push over the internet. And you, you can't just keep serving the same uh, bits over and over and over again to um, hundreds of millions of people. You know, it's got to be a better way to do that. So um, so I worked there and helped keep the content distribution network going. And then I landed a job as the chief information security officer at an insurance company based in Seattle, where I live. And I stayed there for almost seven years. And it was another great place to work for a lot of reasons. And I want to share one in particular with you now. It turned out that the insurance company owned a number of other companies that I was able to get involved with. So as a chief information security officer, um, not only did we have um, the regulations from the office of the insurance commissioner around uh, information security and data breach and that sort of thing, uh, we also had a credit card and debit card transaction processing company. So I learned how to really get good at PCI DSS, and that's the payment card industry data security standard. Um, so the insurance company used uh, took credit cards as a uh, as a retailer, and then I got to see kind of the the other side of of that um, equation. And we also um, uh, had an ownership interest in a community bank, and so the the bank was a card issuer, and so I got to see that dimension of of credit cards and 
and uh, and data security, and uh, and the community bank had a, a different regulator, and they followed the FFIEC guidance. So I got to learn uh, what that was like. Believe it or not, we had a credit union in the mix. And you might think, you know, if you're if you've never worked in the banking or the credit union industry, you might think, well, it's pretty much the same, isn't it? No. <laughs> what I learned is um, it may seem similar to a uh, a person who you know sort of opens up a, a, an account but on the on the on the other side um, there's quite a difference in attitude and and they have a completely different regulator the NCUA and I got to learn um, you know what the emphasis was um, with respect to cybersecurity and sort of lashing together all these disparate companies was a was yet another company it was an IT managed services provider and the one of the big things I learned um, from that work experience was about independent attestations through the AICPA. I uh, One of the things I had to do was lead the company through its first SAS 70 Type 2 examination. Now, today we would call that a SOC 2 report, Statement on Controls. Uh, and, and the reason why those reports are useful is because customers like to have assurance that their, their systems and their data are being protected, at least as well as they would um, protect them. Now, after I stopped being a CISO at the insurance company, I then spent seven years working on uh, just general IT risk management for a global logistics company and their, um, and their uh, planet-wide network, as I often would think about it. Um, one of the coolest projects that I worked on while I was there was uh, we shipped the first several million Xbox controllers uh, or consoles, I should say, that ever went on sale in man mainland China. We, we shipped those in. That was a pretty good, uh, pretty cool project. But in June of 2015, I launched my own company. Uh, it's called Cyber Risk Opportunities, and you can go to that website and check it out. And so that was um, the time when I turned into an entrepreneur and now as a virtual chief information security officer. And I work with a lot of different companies in many different industries, including professional sports, consumer products, Agriculture, if you can believe that, uh, agriculture has cyber risks and they want to deal with them. Um, healthcare, fintech, biotech, whole bunch of whole bunch of them. So, and I and I really and I really love working with my customers. So, okay, so what does this all mean to you? Well, the reason why I kind of skimmed through my background is because there's one thing all those jobs have in common, which I which I'm going to use in this podcast and also in the online course, which is I have hired and managed a lot of people. And almost all of those people were in cybersecurity jobs. And, and it's these experiences that I'm going to be drawing on uh, in my role as a pathmaker for you. Now, uh, as I've mentioned, uh, in addition to this podcast, I'm going to be doing something else for you. And that is soon I'm going to be publishing an online course. And the goal of that course is to help you get your first cybersecurity job. So if you'll help me out by telling me your number one question about getting your first cybersecurity job, and if you do that using my online survey, and I'll give you the link in a moment, then I'll give you free access to that four-week online class, and we're going to kick that off on April 6th, 2020. So um, it's just, uh, just under a couple of months away. Um, and for taking the survey, I'm going to give you an immediate thank you, which is a free copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Fire Doesn't Innovate. The Executive's Practical Guide to Thriving in the Face of Evolving Cyber Risks. Okay, so to, to do the survey, here's the link. Uh, you go to b.link forward slash cyberpath. 
So that's the letter B dot L-I-N-K forward slash cyberpath. Now, please do me a favor and do us all a favor and forward this survey to anybody else you know who might be interested. And I would love to to put you and your friends on the student roster uh, for this first course. Okay, that's enough for now. Next time, I'm going to share with you some of the results of the survey. We already have many respondents, and there's a lot of really great questions coming in. And um, I'm going to pick a few, and I'm going to share them with you so you can get a, um, an idea of the kinds of things that we're going to cover in the online course. So until next time, remember, you're just one path away.